0: We're gonna be reading from um, Luke chapter 14 today, but we're gonna go back and get some of the verses that we, where we did not finish uh, chapter 13. But as we get started today, we're going to ask the Lord for his guidance as we read this scripture. One of the things that we will find out today that the Holy Spirit, when Jesus first talked about the Holy Spirit, talked about the Holy Spirit being a spirit of truth. And then I believe it's next week or the next week, when we're talking about the Holy Spirit coming, uh, said he will teach you all truth. So that's why we pray, because we want the leadership of the Holy Spirit to guide us as we uh, teach today. I'm not the teacher aren't you glad and um, even though you may think that dr smitty is the teacher next week he's not it's the holy spirit leading through us to let us know in truth what the word is saying to us we could interpret things in different ways if we allowed ourselves to do it but it is the holy spirit that is going to be the teacher jesus says when he leaves You know they've called him rabbi and they've called him teacher but we will uh pray now that the presence of the holy spirit will be uh, with us to lead and guide us into all truth today heavenly father we thank you for this time of worship Uh, it's a time that we've come together and we've come because we're seeking your presence in our lives and your presence with us today We long for that, and we long to know what the truth really is because there's so much going out in the world today that we could believe this and we could believe that. We don't want to believe this and that. We want to believe what your word is, what comes from you. And so, therefore, we're praying for the presence of your Holy Spirit to be with us. And as the Scripture says, to lead and guide us, in the paths of truth. We pray, Lord, that as truth is revealed to us today, that we will be willing to accept it and to live it in our lives. We commit this service to your hands, and we ask that when we leave here that we will know more about your word than we did when we entered this place. We thank you, and we praise you, and we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen, man uh, dr. Smitty are we still going to okay that's right okay well, what about um, after we get started some and see how things change it may be the halftime how's that okay again we if we go to chapter 14 we're going to look back at chapter 13. now that sounds like something i would do doesn't it and um, we're going to find out when we read chapter 14 that we're finding um, a conversation going on it's a discussion going on between jesus and his disciples and he has a meal with them and during uh after the meal is over uh, we found out last week that he had a time of teaching for them because he taught them by giving them, them the example of washing feet that they were to be servants and that you know if we're to be the greatest servant then we're to be able and willing to do anything that needs to be done to serve someone else. We can't always do that, can we? You know, my mother was one of those people that she really could be a servant to anyone. And I hate to say it, but I don't think I've arrived yet. Some things, yes, but then other things do hinder us sometimes. But. as we read about that, we were really setting the context for what's going to happen now, and that is when Jesus will tell his disciples a lot of things he knew that they didn't know. You know, we have friends like that sometimes. They know a lot of things we don't know, and they choose not to tell us. And, uh, but uh, Jesus knows it's time. And uh, it's getting close to his time of departure and God's plan being complete for him and so he's uh, going to tell the disciples some of the things that again he knows that they don't know yet and then we will see how they react the thing that that has surprised me about this 14th chapter is because there's so much discussion going on you know Jesus if you've read it uh jesus will start uh, making a statement and then uh, philip or thomas or judas or different ones will speak up and ask a question you know in other words it's almost like a news conference now when somebody uh, makes a statement and then somebody wants to question it one way or the other and that's what we're going to see through this discussion that's going on after the foot-washing example and after the meal was served. Uh, we finished last week with uh, chapter 13, verse 30. So let's go to 31. So when he had gone out, Jesus said, now this is in reference to Judas. One of the things that Jesus has already let the disciples know that there's going to be someone that's going to betray him. And they're totally shocked by this. You know, you can work with people in the church and you can think or uh, have a close friend and you can really think that they are the ones that will stand by you. We've talked, I think, before about how how hurt we can be when someone betrays us. When we think someone is our best friend, that they would do nothing to harm us, but would help us to um, uh, do different things and they're there when we need help and they're there for everything. And then one day we find out that they betrayed us all along, that they've been working against us instead of for us. Uh, I had that happened in one church, but I also got to the place that I said, Lord, you'll have to ha- help me to forgive that person. We can't go on and on as somebody betrays our trust and hold it against them. That if we hear their name, then what happened between us is comes right back. But it does happen. And here is Judas, and um, he pretty well, uh, they've been told that the one that he, that Jesus dips the the bread or into, and he and hands it to him. He's the one. He never said to him, "You're the one," but that's what Jesus did. So all those that were watching knew that that was the sign they were to look for, because that's what Jesus had said. And it was I don't know what words were used then. I don't remember, but I think maybe reflect. Perf- Uh, We're talking also about um, being troubled at one place. Uh, That's something that would trouble us if all of a sudden we found out that somebody, even though they didn't betray us, they were betraying Jesus and what he taught, and that's those that were working with him. It's the same as we don't believe it when it happens, that someone could be different from who we think they really are. Um, it says the son of man is he said so when he had gone out Jesus said gone out Judas gets up and he leaves now the son of man is glorified these are Jesus words you're already going to notice that for the next three to four chapters most of the writing is read letter and uh, most of you have read letter you don't joanne or you that got those but that means that these are the words of jesus and this is what jesus said now the son of man which he's referring to himself is glorified and god is glorified in him one thing i want you to look for because it's very helpful when we're reading chapter 14 You will notice that in most of the Bibles, it may not be in the different translations that you have. Uh, Sam, you have uh, New King James, I mean King James, don't you? Okay, in um, verse 24 of 14, it says he, and he is capitalized, who does not love me, and me is capitalized, does not keep my, is capitalized, and the word which you hear is not mine, and it's capitalized, but the Father it's capitalized, who sent me, it's capitalized. Well, now, when me and Sylvia went to school, they taught us about, um, uh, little case or lower case and capitals is that right? Y'all remember them, Doctor Smitty? Yes. yes, the old lower case and capitals is about the only thing I do remember. But in this verse of scripture, it really helps because when it's a reference to God or Jesus, then the word that is referring to it, mine or or my. Or me, or whatever, is going to be capitalized. So that is letting us know just how important these are. And it's when you um, it says he who does not love me, it's easy by seeing the capital he and the me as to know that Jesus is talking about himself. Does not keep my words, so. We're not going to not talk about that when we get there, but we need to talk about it now because it's used in other places too. And sometimes I think that's very helpful if we're trying to figure out who's saying what to who to go back and look at those capital letters. One of the reasons why we talked about um, some of the things, the foot washing and also the example of foot washing and also uh about Jews uh, uh, Judas betrayal of Jesus is because we when we get ready to read the Word of God we really have to know what the context is I remember I was um, probably 16 and there is our sheep hi Brenda get your lunch and sit down okay yeah glad to see you I remember when I did the first message I just picked a scripture I didn't read anything about what it was talking about who was the characters or where they were or anything and um, it was a question and right now I can't even tell you where it was but it was uh, um, it um, Is it nothing to you, all ye who pass by? And so I just made a sermon out of that. Didn't know the situation or anything. Well, I learned very quickly and uh, that that wasn't what you're supposed to do. Now, I don't know, I think God tells you what you're supposed to do at the time. But anyway, basically when we're studying God's word or we're reading it, we need to know what the context is. Who's talking? Who are the characters? What's the problem? And where are they? And that's why I've mentioned already the two things, the situation where they were, the disciples were eating a last meal with Jesus. And he gave them an example of servanthood by washing their feet. And also it was during this time that Joseph, not Joseph, but Judas, um, betrayed or left. When he was uh, Jesus pointed out to him being the one that who would betray them, that's our situation. that is what's going on, and we're finding out that many of the ones that are there are making different comments and they're feeling differently about different things that's why when we read that first verse of fourteen uh they will be described as how things are at that time. Now the son of man is glorified and God is glorified in him. This is the first verse of 31. I asked Terry this morning. I said, do you know what glorified means? Well, somebody might think, well, my goodness, that word's all through the Bible. Everybody knows what glorified means. Well, you know, if you're up here and you're supposed to go verse by verse and explain it, I mean, What, how do you explain glorified? We talk about having a glorified body. We talk about the word of God does and different things. But as I read that, I decided I'd go to another translation. You know, it just hit me glorified. I mean, let me have another word, Lord, for this. And uh, I couldn't uh, come up with any more. The translations that I looked at Not a one of them had it changed to anything else but glorified. We might say, uh, which I should have gone to Google, I guess, to see what glorified was. But to me, as I began to read more, it was like saying when we glorify someone, and in this case, of, of course, it is the Son of Man, which is Jesus, is glorified. But it's also God, his Father is glorified in him. See, it's a capital letter there, in his son Jesus. Glorified to me now means to lift up, to raise him up. Uh, we speak a lot of giving, some, giving God all glory. Well, if we give God glory, we are glorifying him, right? So that is what it's saying here. The son of man is glorified and God is glorified in him. Again, these are the words of Jesus. He said, if God is glorified in him, God also glorifies him in himself and glorifies him immediately. Well, whatever they were trying to say here, they said it four times. So hopefully they, it was known that god was going to cause by his actions would glorify his son but also jesus would be glorified by his father i like 33 because at this time jesus is telling the disciples something they did not know we talked about that in fact all through the gospel of john we're talking about who knows what you know we had one lesson on that that some of them knew this but they didn't know something else uh here jesus is telling the disciples again the most important thing that he wants them to know that they don't know yet as far as i know none of them there of the disciples knew this and this is how jesus addressed them he said little children I shall be with you a little while longer the word that stands out there is little while that's two words in it you will seek me Jesus said and as I said to the Jews where I am going you cannot come and now I say to you a new commandment I give to you what Jesus is saying in 32 and 33, is, or especially 33, he says, I'm only going to be with you a little while longer. That's the same thing as saying I'm going to be leaving. He goes on and he says, you'll seek me, but you're not going to find me. And as I said to the Jews where I am going, you cannot come. That makes it even worse to them in other words Jesus says he's leaving and you know the thing you automatically think about is if you like somebody's can I go with you Walter called me up on the phone I was um, working in the drug department for thrifty in Bristol people all lined up to get their check cashed and everything and uh, Walter said well Walter's my husband for the ones of you that don't know And, um, he said, um, uh, I got transferred today. And, uh, he said, I'll be going to Kingsport. And I said, can I go with you? And he said, um, of course you can and I said well you'll get married won't you he said of course I will (laughs) about that time all the people that were waiting to get their checks cashed because we did that too were hollering hey congratulations and all this even though the line was held up and believe it or not Walter after uh, four engagements of not showing up did show up and uh, that was almost 50 years ago It's not quite the same thing, but you could add it in there to wake everybody up that, you know, when somebody is leaving, most of the time, if we care at all about them, we want to go with them or we either beg them to stay. And so the disciples right off are wanting to know, can they go? But Jesus goes on and he says this in 34, he said, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Now, he's wanting them to behave themselves because they're going to be left behind. Does Disciples are known as the followers of Jesus. Do the followers of Jesus Christ always behave themselves? No. Should they? Yeah. So Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you. Now, you're going to need this when he's saying because I'm leaving and you're not going yet that you love one another like a mother saying to her children now i'm going to be gone and you're staying with grandmother but now y'all be good y'all be real good sometimes we do and sometimes we're real good sometimes we're not a new commandment i give to you that you love one another As I have loved you, that you also love one another. Am I reading that wrong? I give to you that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. What am I reading wrong there? Or is that it? By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. A lot of people, when they are looking for a new church or a place to worship, they want to go where everybody gets along. And sometimes when we first start going to a church, we feel that way, that everybody does. Because, you know, it's everybody's, hi, how are you? Oh, we're so glad you're here. And all this. And sometimes, after we stay a while, we find out that not everybody obeys this new commandment. You know, he says, I give it to you that you love one another. And then he goes on in 35, he said, By this all will know that you are my disciples. And you also love one another. Okay, that's easy to figure out. If you find a group of people and they love each other, they're Christians. But if you find a group of people and they don't love each other, and they're saying evil against each other they cannot work together or anything else then we question is this the way a christian lives or in this case it was jesus disciples by this all will know that you are my disciples in other words he's saying i will no, if you're not my disciple too right if you're my disciple you love everybody and if you find that hard to do you pray that God will help you and yet the opposite is if you do love everybody you're a disciple of Jesus Christ i often say when speak people speak of growing in grace that i believe it's growing in love it takes time sometimes uh it's not easy to love people that talk about us if we find out somebody tells us and then we get mad at the one told us for telling us and upsetting us it's not easy to love someone that um, Is seeing all manner of evil against us, or even people that tell lies about some of the things we do. That's not easy to do. But if we are professing Christians or disciples or followers of Jesus Christ, then if we can't do it, we need to ask God to help us. And most of the time, that comes with the first thing, and that is help us to forgive. And somebody would say probably and help us to forget and that's a little hard to do sometimes too if God does not help us Simon Peter said to him now here's one of the questionnaires Simon Peter said to him Lord where are you going and Jesus answered him where I am going you cannot follow me You're not going, but you shall follow me afterwards. You're not going now, Jesus said. Where I'm going, I can't take you now, but uh, afterwards I will. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Sometimes we think that we can do, we don't even know ourselves, right? We really think that we are doing what God wants us to do and that we're not doing anything wrong and we got all this figured out and all this. And we would even if we had to, the scripture says, lay down our lives for the sake of Christ. I would say if we were to ask that today, there would be some of us that would say, oh, I can do it. But there'd be some of us that would say, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm having trouble just being servant to everybody. Remember, asking for help. Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Peter thinks he's got it all figured out. And he is saying to Jesus that he'll even die for him if he has to. Well, see, one, another thing that Jesus knows Jesus not only knows that he's leaving, but he knows what's going on in Peter's mind too. Do any of you know how Peter died? Yeah. Crucified upside down. Yeah, that was Judas. Yeah. I think. Okay. That's good. We asked one and they make a comment and say, what do you think? if two agree, we're all right. (laughs) Now, um, um, I think tradition says that Peter did not want to be killed the same way or crucified like Jesus was. So his was done upside down, so it would be different from Jesus. Uh, right off, uh, I don't think that's in the word of God, is it? It's tradition that it's handed down. Uh, I have a book and the the print's too small for me now, but Fox's Book of Martyrs. And uh, it was really amazing that of all the deaths that the professing, Christians and disciples, how they died for their faith. Okay. And we find out that even though even Peter was sure he would not deny Jesus, Jesus knew better, and he did. Okay chapter 14 now we have um uh, we'll get probably about half of it but we have um talked before on let not your hearts be troubled and i could not remember what chapter that we brought it up in Um, i remember saying something to pastor will and about almost in every funeral that scripture is quoted but when I came to it again I'm thinking I thought that we've had some remarks on this before but anyway again the words of Jesus let not your hearts be troubled you believe in God believe also in me in other words the prevention for having a troubled heart is to trust God to believe in him If we believe all the promises that God made to us in the Word of God, then we wouldn't have as many fears and be as troubled as we are. Did you hear that, Regina? Did you hear that, Sylvia? Sylvia gets picked on up here on the front, don't she? We're going to have to put... um, Terry, up on the front, <laughs> you get to move to the back. No. In my father's house, Jesus goes on to say, "Are many mansions." What are some of the other uh, words that are used instead of mansions? House, dwelling places is one translation. Abodes rooms rooms that's one that I'd read too there's many rooms there's many dwelling places uh, but some people have uh, brought up that there's two important things there one of them is that it says many mansions means there's gonna be room for everybody it's not gonna be the no vacancy out there and then but by using the word mansions there's some people have wanted that translation or to use another translation because they're not absolutely sure that it's gonna uh, be like a mansion that we see now, okay? I would be happy if I was just in my house and it's not a mansion. Huh, it might be better, that's right, and it may not be but it it is where we will be taken care of we'll have safety it is a place of happiness no fear no worries he said if it were not so I would have told you I could sing right now and I can sing I've got a mansion right over the hilltop in that what is it bright land where we'll never grow old well (laughs) (laughs) boy that brought a smile to your face okay no brenda you've got it right there jesus says if i go and i prepare a place for you i will come again he's telling them something else he says i'm not they don't know this i mean he is saying not only am I going away to a place that you can't come yet he goes on here and he says, I'm gonna prepare that place but he says if I go and if I prepare it I'll come again and receive you to myself that where I am there you may be also is Jesus coming again yes in that day, did he come again for his disciples? You can look at it two ways, can't you? Because many times when we speak of death, we speak of that um, they went to be with the Lord. You know how they'll put that in obituaries? They went to be with the Lord. Well, we I don't know if that's right or not. You can go to be with the Lord, but yet He's coming again to get us. Okay? Gives us something to think about. Don't it? But you know what I'm saying. Most of the obituaries saying they went to be with the Lord. You see what I'm trying to say? Whether they went or He came to get them. doesn't make any difference as long as we get there, right? If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. There's also another place in the Word of God that there is a slight disagreement. One of them is, and... um, You may see it one way. Some of the rest of you may see it with another. And that is uh, the scripture that says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I've always thought of that as right then, you know. There are others who interpret it that we will be in the grave so long. And then on the day of resurrection, we'll be with the Lord. I don't quite understand them both all i know is after death we will be with the lord it could be right then or it may be a time of sleep rest i mean how do you measure even time you know No, I can't hear you, and I need to repeat it too. How do we know that when we pass over, that we do not
1: meet God and Jesus by them
0: when they take our soul? I mean, you know, it sounds sort of like that we do. Yeah. I mean, we well, like I say, that one scripture to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Yes. You know. Um. But as Jesus said, we know that he's gone to prepare a place. We know that when we leave, whether he comes back before our death or if we meet him at our death or however it happens, we don't understand it all. But we have to believe it. And that comes with our faith. If Jesus has promised us something, I believe it. We could not accept the loss of family members if we did not believe there's life after death and death does not have the final say, correct? Amen, that's what I wanna believe, yes. Okay, Jesus goes on and he says, and where I go you know and the way you know. Then Thomas decides to speak up and he said to Jesus, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Well, that's true, what's a GPS? You can't get anywhere on GPS if you don't know where you're going, do you? You've got to at least know what the address is, you know? And Jesus says, um, I go, you know, and the way, you know, and they're going to argue with that. And he says, "Well, again, I'm repeating it. How can we know the way if we don't even know where you're going?" Jesus said to him, "I am the way. Remember the I-ams of John. Have we had that one yet? Has he mentioned that before? I didn't go back and read all this before. It may be the first time it's mentioned. As I am the bread of life." Uh, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Well, that's in 15. So he's still uh, doing the I ams. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What happens today is many people try other routes, don't they? Doesn't work that way. You can't work your way in. And how many times have people tried? They've given large sums of money to the church. But that's not the way. It's not a way through material giving uh, to work your way into the kingdom of God. What's the one way? Jesus. Jesus. If you had known me, Jesus is saying, you would have known my father. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father. And it is sufficient for us. They've already seen him and didn't know it. What about the like father, like son, like father, like father, like son? Jesus is saying, I've been here with you. I've traveled with you. We spend time together. I'm just like my daddy. So by meeting me and spending time with me, you should know what God is like. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the father so how can we say show us the father you've already seen him through me could we say that about ourselves if you've seen me you've seen god No, i'm afraid all of us fall pretty short on that one have i been with you so long and yet you don't know me Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, the words that I speak to you? I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than those he will do, because I go to the Father. Jesus is saying, I'm going to be with God, my Father. I'm returning. But while I'm gone, you're even going to do greater works. Do we come up with our great work sometimes? Nope. We don't. I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about me. It's hard sometimes. Because we make choices every day of something that's good or maybe something that's bad. We just have to pray that the Holy Spirit does lead us and guide us into all truth. Okay, we're going to Quit right there, and Dr. Smitty is going to sing for us, but he's also going to teach next week, Lord willing. And uh, he, um, we have started here something that Jesus has never mentioned before to his disciples. We just got a hint of it because he's talking about the relationship between his father and himself. When we get to chapter 14 and 15, we're going to find out that, the three-in-one, the Trinity is being revealed. And we will be reading about the coming of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus is not just going to leave them, as he said, like an orphan. He's sending a helper. He's sending the comforter to help them. And, you know, the big thing about that, Jesus was with them, but he said the Holy Spirit will be in you. You're getting a better deal. You know, but we're going to talk about that next week as we listen to uh, Dr. Smitty, and uh, see. Dr. Smitty can he can go first or he can go last. That's a pretty good uh, thing to be able to do.
1: song. It's not just a few notes. It's not just a a few words. This is a message right straight out of my heart, straight into your heart. The Savior is waiting to enter your heart. Why don't you let him come in? There's nothing in this world. If you'll take one step toward the savior, my friend, you'll find his arms they're open wide. Receive him and all of your darkness will